0: the weekly pseudo-accomitant roundtable pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Richard Maverick, but you can call me Mav. And I am once again here with my co-hosts, Monica and Wayne. How's it going, guys?
1: Uh, Oh, (sighs) good, Mav. Hey. Uh,
0: I I don't think I had been on the same show with... Both of you in a while at the same time. Monica was on last week for the listener, but two or three weeks ago for me recording and Wayne. I don't remember the last time we did a show together. I lost Yeah. Count. The, uh, no, no, it was eternal. Uh, Eternals. Okay. Eternals, yeah. It hasn't yeah. been that long. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been oh God. Uh, it's it's towards the end of the semester. I'm, you know, dying and I have I have three functional brain cells left, so I'm gonna have a beer. How are you okay. guys? <laughs> there
2: you go. <laughs> yeah it it's been a week just stuff oh, uh, yeah yeah without without going into too much it's been a week so, mm-hmm. and Monica? so since-
1: for me it's it's also been, it's been a good week, but I signed a bunch of NDAs that I can't talk about with the listeners yet. <laughs> yeah. Thomas, it's cool stuff.
0: Um, I, I, no, 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 no. Um, here's here's a thing that you can talk about, I hope, because you signed an NDA, which to me means you are working on something, which is good because it means my friend won't right. starve to death.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like you have a job. Well,
1: like I found a job again.
0: <laughs> Yay. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Happy to know that. Well, that's good. That's good. And I'm just, you know, I am in finals hell. I I, I am grading a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, um, because of that, um, I'm grading stuff and I've got a whole bunch of student conferences tomorrow. So I thought I'd record a couple podcasts today. So I just there finished recording my other show. Let's do this one. You know, because I don't want you know, sleeps for the week. Uh, <laughs> but so that's how we're doing. Um, the topic I was, I was about to say, so we have a topic, but then I realized I'm the one who wrote the blog. So this is my topic this week um this happened in a weird way because um i was looking at um our twitter followers and the day i happened to check our twitter followers um we got friended by another podcast and i like the logo um because it was this bright, it was bright pink letters that said S.L.L. And I was like, that catches my attention. So and it was um, for a podcast called Sex Love Literature. And I was like, well, that really catches my attention. So (laughs) I wouldn't listen to an episode of it. Um, And I liked it a lot. And um, it's by two women who are doing a whole podcast analyzing pop culture. And mostly talking about sex and love a lot. And I guess literature, but all pod, you know, (laughs) everything's literature. So anyway, it was very much like our show. And I was like, I want to have them on. So then I, you know, wrote them on Twitter and I've been, you know, carrying on this Twitter relationship with them. And so I want to welcome, um, you guys have not met them yet, but this is Corinne and Ayani from the SLL podcast. Hey
3: guys. Hi.
2: (laughs) Welcome to the show.
0: Yeah.
3: Very excited Thank to be you.
0: here. <laughs> uh, I mean, I gave a brief n- version of you know what your show means to me, which um it, 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 as as I was um, saying before we started recording, um to me it's you know it's how I learn all uh, about uh, Korean dramas, um, uh-huh. which uh, <laughs> which is um, um, a thing that I guess I was gonna say that like you know we don't know about it in America, but no, we do now because like you know <laughs> and, no. and yeah, but, like it turns out it's the biggest thing in the world at this moment, but. Um, <laughs> Um, but what's your show's not really about K-dramas other than, you know, all the times it is. What is your show about?
3: <laughs> no, not, not exactly about K-dramas Though we talk about K-dramas a lot. Yeah. So sex love literature is a show that takes a quote unquote semi scholarly look at why the quote unquote sex stuff in media matters. So we look at a lot of different kinds of literature. TV, movies, sometimes books, but we're both (laughs) higher grad students, so like more TVs and movies. Uh, And we look at, yeah, right? Um, And we look (laughs) at how representations of desire, of romance, of different kinds of relationships, how consent is working in all of these different pieces. Um, So it's a lot of fun to do because we get to talk about sexy things, but also serious things um, Hmm. in a lot of different ways. And it allows us to kind of bully each other into watching
4: different things that we (laughs) want each other to watch.
2: You sound just like our show.
4: That is how the K-dramas came into it. I started watching K-dramas in the summer of 2020 and decided that we needed to watch more of them and also have reasons to record ourselves talk about them for an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So A,
2: a, A woman in my uh monthly gaming group is way into all that so I, I'm not completely unfamiliar at least peripherally <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway so for so for Monica and Wayne but also for the listeners I, I think it's pretty clear why I wanted them on the show now
5: because
0: <laughs> like, oh yeah okay you're just gonna you're, you're bullying each other into watching shows yeah that's like a thing we do um, it seems to work better for you guys than it does well I mean there's more of us so we can usually find one person to, to watch Show right. I think
4: I'm also probably the bigger bully. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) the biggest bully on our show is it me? No, no. It's Hannah. It's Hannah, right? It's Hannah. It's
1: Hannah. Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: we love you, Hannah. Hannah couldn't be here tonight, so you know she gets to take the abuse. But it's Hannah, right? I I think it's Hannah. Hannah
1: made me watch ten episodes of Dracula the TV series, so (laughs) that puts (laughs) Hannah at the top of my bully list.
5: (laughs) And because I know she's
0: listening right now, going okay. Okay, no one made you watch 10 episodes of you volunteered for that one
1: <laughs> like, like, it's true of all the Dracula properties I was like mm, I'm going to pick the, the worst one without realizing <laughs> the worst one meant the one that's 10 hours so that's on me
0: <laughs> no, no, yeah, you chose that for yourself I watched Blackula and I loved it so <laughs> it was great <laughs> so anyway so um, I was talking with Ayani I believe on uh, originally when I was talking with you yes. guys on Twitter and um, um, we're trying to figure out, well, what do we want to talk about? What fits the the concept of what they do and the concept of what we do, which is easy overlap. Um, but th- the day that I happen to be having this conversation with you, um, I got my hands on um, uh, just to set a, set the stage of when this happened. They're the CW, you know, one of the greatest networks on television. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the CW is trying to make this show happen. That is grown-up, sexy Powerpuff girls. Um, and, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's, um, it's, it's had some issues. Apparently, there was a pilot that was shot, and the pilot did not go over well with test audiences or with executives, and so they're redoing it. But anyway... Um, I got my hands on a leaked copy of the script, so I'd been reading it that day and it is fabulous. It is amazing. It is. Oh, my God. How did this get on the air? I believe it was written by Diablo Cody, who I actually like. Um, But there were issues with the script. <laughs> um, and it, and it, it really is um what if the powerpuff girls but you know they have sex a lot and maybe do coke you know that's the show um and, then, and, and um, it, 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 that was a choice um so i was reading that and i was like and I was, and I was like well why don't we do a show on on that sort of thing but then i was like well no one's gonna want to you know how do you do a show on just one episode of television that's never going to see the light of day though if somebody has it and wants to leak me the actual footage please just like you know, text me, DM me, like at me. I want to see. I need to see this. Um, but um, we can't do a show on something that you know it's just a script and you know. And but then I was thinking about like the CW as a network has all these reboots and even things that aren't reboots. But like you know, Riverdale, the best show on television, and Hannah's not here to argue against it. Hi, Hannah, love you. Um, <laughs> Riverdale, which is literally the plot is, um, hey, what if Archie but sexy? And then like Arrow is, what if? Do DC Comics, you know, but sexy. And that's like a lot of the CW shows, and it's also like a lot of other shows I like, like The Magicians, which is you know what if Harry Potter but but sexy. And <laughs> I realize a lot of shows right now are being made by somebody has a has a very general idea, and they're less that different. Go, you know, I don't know, sprinkle a little bit of sexy on it, and and so that's that's kind of what we were what we're talking about today. Um, the concept of making a show or a property or a movie, or I guess a book, where the whole thing is you know sexy is sort of the point arguably Mm. does that make sense
1: (laughs) can i ask a clarifying question perhaps which is is this sexy devoid of uh sexuality or sexy devoid of like sex as a as a plot device in know. which we are caring about character development it, because, we, because there could be this determining factor of like the thing that we're interested in is characters exploring their sexuality through having sex or realizing that having sex with the wrong uh, people or whatever or is it just everything it would normally be, but with more sex scenes.
0: I think either is fair game because to me the ones that are good are the ones where more of it's done. So I, we talk about Riverdale a lot on our show, right? I love Riverdale, but I think Riverdale is at its best when it's doing more. But I don't think they ever intended it to be good. I don't think Riverdale was supposed to do more than one season. I think Riverdale was supposed to be a, was supposed to be a season. It was like, hey, if you watch those first up a couple episodes, it's like, let's watch Archie Fuck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's like the beginning of the show and then they like they accidentally made a good show. Like I don't think that that was intentional. Um and I and I you know as opposed to saying Nancy Drew which I think is trying to be a good show and I love Nancy Drew, right? Um and I think that like Nancy Drew has lots of interesting things to say. About, um, about non norm heteronormative relationships. Queerness is very big in their world, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. there, there are gay characters. There are, there's, oh, there's questions of, there's questions of consent. There's questions of monogamy. There's questions, mm-hmm. you know, there, a lot of this happens in, in their, in their world. And in another of my favorite CW shows, Legends of Tomorrow. And then to oh, go, I off, love legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then to go off like a, away from that, like you know, um, on uh, on the show uh, Titans, you know, Titans. There's a lot. Like I think there's a lot of interesting things that you can do with the sexuality of characters that go beyond. Yeah, but they're pretty and they have abs. But I'm but I'm but I'm okay with they're pretty and they have abs too. Like you know, <laughs> watching KJ Apa without a shirt on, that's you know, that's that's fascinating television
2: in and of itself. And, you and know? You know, the, the, <laughs> the makeup artists have been putting that. Scar from his fight with a bear on his bare chest since season two. Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. good continuity, right? You know, and 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 I watch, you know, like if you want to make a show that's just Steven Amell doing Salmon Ladder, I'm in. Like I I watch that show, (laughs) so I get it, right?
3: So it not to move right from TV to comics, right? But mm-hmm. talking about Archie and talking about Riverdale, there's a webtoon that started recently that's called Big Ethel Energy that looks at the Archie characters yes. as, I guess they're older, mid-20-somethings? So, mm-hmm. Matt, are you reading it? Because you said yes, um, excitedly. No, I,
0: I haven't started reading it yet. I have a link, I have a, I have it linked. I mean, I'm just have to catch up. But yes, I, I'm aware of it.
3: So, A, it's really good and you should read it. But B, mm-hmm. one of the things is it's not like gratuitously people are having sex scenes all over the place right we might get there but that's not quite what's going on yet however all of the characters are so ridiculously hot like it's i don't know like for example moose came on the screen and i was like oh my god who is this gorgeous blonde man and it was (laughs) moose and i was like what are you doing here (laughs) archie comic webtoon so So, like
2: so as as the old guy comic scholar i need to mention a uh porn comic from the 1980s that the original name was Cherry Pop-Tart. Cherry Pop-Tart. And they uh, they very quickly got a cease and desist order from whoever owns Pop-Tart and, and <laughs> dropped the name after. Uh, <laughs> and it was essentially... Pornographic Archie. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't a parody of Archie. It was a parody of Archie, but you didn't have the Archie characters. They were all original characters, but it was the premise of it was Archie characters having sex. Um, mm-hmm. and even going back before that, there were what the back in the 30s, uh, something called Tijuana Bibles that were mm-hmm, basically, mm-hmm. you know, sex comics featuring Popeye and Mutt and Jeff and, you know, all the other comic strip characters. So there's certainly precedent for this sort of thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Tijuana Bibles feature very, very heavily in my uh, dissertation.
3: It's funny, (laughs) I was going to say I have uh, erotic comics one and two sitting next to me for dissertation (laughs) work right now. So, like, (laughs) we're on a wavelength right now. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. It's for school, Mom.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sort of, I guess, Popping in as the children's literature scholar here, though, I feel like especially with a show like Nancy Drew, part of the point of the sex stuff immediately in that show is the shock value of being like, this is Nancy, but like she's not 12 anymore. She's 19 or whatever. And she is having sex like immediately. And we are going to make sure, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what's happening. So they're like intentionally being like this child character is an adult, but there's still Mm. that association with like a children's literature property. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm hmm. So have you brought up uh, Stephen Amell on the on the salmon ladder. And yes. there was actually a point in time when Stephen Amell refused to do any interviews with Entertainment Weekly because they had put like things that are hot this week and they had put Stephen Amell on the salmon ladder as like the hottest thing this week on TV. And he was personally insulted and he was like, well, this isn't just a sexy show. This is a a show. Uh, You're a piece of meat.
5: Stop (laughs) (laughs) Stop it.
1: (laughs) Stephen, that's
2: why we're here. Stop it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But for him, he, Mm -hmm. he was like, this is, this is a serious show. And, Mm -hmm. And so he was trying to, Spin it as if sexuality is the thing that adds to the grittiness or the realism or the realness that was also this big like trend that you sort of start to see that comes after I guess like nolan Nolan Batman mm-hmm. where everyone was like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh gritty superhero property like that's the thing, and so even though it's it's definitely like morphed its way into being more about sexy like i definitely think that maybe that's where it's coming from of this like she's mm-hmm. not 12 anymore this is more realistic the the sex itself is more realistic despite the fact that what we're all saying is absolutely no it's not all of these people are so much hotter than they should be <laughs> it's real it's real now guys
0: <laughs> i i remember um it was probably like season two or three of arrow um I, and i watch i watched all of arrow um I'm, I'm obviously oh, i am too. me and if you and if you <laughs> listen to this show for five minutes Obviously, I watched all of Arrow. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, um, but I was watching it at some point, and my wife wanders into the room and she's like, Oh, you're watching another one of these shows. Which one is this? And, like, you know, it's Arrow. And she's like, Okay. I'll, and she had nothing to do. She was like, I'll sit down and watch it with you. And, and she watches, it and she, after seeing, you know, five minutes of, of, of the Green Arrow and the Black Canary and, you know, Thea Queen, and, and she finally turns to me and she's like, Is everyone on this show? a super hot 20 something and i was like not everyone i mean like their parents are on the show like you know there's like her her father's on the show his mother's on the show and she's like oh okay so they're old and i was like older and she goes okay so are they like are they less are they less attractive and i was like oh no god they're super fuckable you know they're they're absolutely you know they're absolutely super hot 45 late 40s, early 50s, um, like, uh, you know, older people, they're just older because, you know, they're not 20. That's what you ask. <laughs> and and um, like the, the CW world is a world where people have abs. Everyone has abs. That's like a defining characteristic of, you know, Archie or Arrow. But I don't think it's even just that. Like, I think um, there's the whole thing of like Marvel, like you get in a Marvel movie, you know, you're doing your ab scene so much so that like famously Amal Nanjiani got in like massively cut shape to do Eternals and never takes the shirt off and I, and I, I just imagine that they you know it was all like a rib like a joke it's like oh you're in Eternals and he just got like massively cut and then you never get to see it <laughs> for the entire movie so like I think being sexy is part of the, part of the appeal which is why mm. Monica's question at the beginning are we talking about just the visuals or is it like all about like doing something with it I think either I mean because I don't think Marvel's really up until Alternals, which has the worst sex scene ever in the history of motion, pic-
2: motion picture cinema, it wasn't a sex scene. They yeah. just like, a little bit,
0: right? And like, but like the Marvel universe is very sexless. Even even like mm-hmm. the slutty characters, mm-hmm. even even Tony Stark and Star Lord, who are supposed to be slutty, they're very sanctified slutty right like and I'm not even slut shaming them I'm saying like it's just a it's a very pure sexless version of slutty you mm. saw you saw Tony you know Tony's kind of misogynistic yes but his sexiness was he rolls around with Christine Everhart that one time and you're like oh okay so he's a player and that's that's it that's all you really have
3: so when you say Marvel is sexless do you mean Marvel on a whole or are you talking the Marvel cinematic universe
0: I mean the, MC, I mean the MCU I, I do not okay. mean the comics at all my entire dissertation is, is why the, the comics are about nothing but sex um, but yeah I mean I mean I mean the MCU <laughs> (laughs) I mean the I mean the MCU. (laughs)
4: Yeah. we're talking about a range here from actors being hot to like doing things sexily to then actually having sex yes. and then with like the actually having sex there's how much of it do we see mm, and I think there's mm-hmm, maybe a range mm-hmm. here depending mm. on the intended demographic that they're trying to grab and how broad of a demographic they're hoping to mm. bring in like if we're talking about the MCU and wanting to have children that don't actually necessarily understand that Tony Stark sleeps around mm-hmm. but want the adult to get it, but also I know they're trying to like have their cake and eat it too. I think mm-hmm. in a kind of way.
0: Yeah, the IBCU is a four quadrant thing in a way that that you know Nancy Drew doesn't have to be. I mean, even though mm-hmm. even though Nancy Drew is based on a show for twelve year olds, it's very much not right. And um, mm-hmm. we're we're probably gonna do a whole episode on Nancy Drew coming up. But like even but like Nancy Drew um, or Riverdale. Riverdale is Riverdale is a show that you're supposed to watch as a, a 13, 14 year old girl and have feelings that are confusing for yourself. Um, and being a 13 or 14 year old girl like me, that's what, that's what hell is, right? Like, like you're supposed to watch that and go, Oh wow. Okay. Like that's like, that's what it is. I don't, I don't see how you can look at it in any other way. Like there is more, Homosexual representation and bisexual representation in Riverdale than has existed in the entire history of American television prior to, prior to that point. Like there just is like every character is, you know, everyone's bi, like literally everyone on the show, um, except for the ones who are actively gay. Like no one is, I, th- I think there was the one episode where, where Fangs is like, okay, Reggie is definitely straight. And everybody's yes. like, really? And I was like, yes, this one guy, we know a straight guy, like that's a, a straight guy. That's like the point of the show thus implying you know Archie Jughead you know eh, more questionable more fluid you know
1: <laughs> so, so then, oh. how much is this And I'm coming at this as the perspective of somebody who today, this very day, watched the uh, series finale of Gossip Girl. I have watched nothing but OG Gossip Girl for months and months and months. And think about the cultural phenomenon that Riverdale is as the CW replacement for what? gossip girl was i think it and, absolutely is yes. and when i watch gossip girl the they're really like there is plot but we're really not here <laughs> for the plot the plot that we're here for is like are chuck and blair gonna get together are serena and dan gonna get together like the there's all of this other sort of like basically bullshit b plot to push forward the thing that you're there for which is a story about relationships and when mm. I watch Riverdale like it's kind of the same thing like they've tried so hard to throw all of these weird like Hannibal-esque stories towards me and as someone who is a big old fan of it's not working I'm not there for any of that <laughs> I'm there to see if Archie and Jughead are finally gonna bone like like we are there for the relationships we are there for mm-hmm. the for the shipping like that's the A plot and
5: mm. all of the other
1: stuff is just distraction i guess so when we're talking about like what makes it a sexy show it's a show that where the relationship aspect is the thing that's at the forefront especially so, for 13 year old girls who have never had relationships they don't give a shit about hannibal they they don't know what that is they want to they want to they want to know what sex is and what boyfriends are
3: so kind of flipping that a little bit um y'all are making me think about how my dad who is in his 60s was a big arrow watcher like he was really in the arrow but he would fast forward through what he called the "quote unquote" human interest section <laughs> 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 to get to the parts of the wow. plot that he liked. <laughs> so I, I wasn't a big arrow person. So I guess my dad was just like, I don't care about these people fucking. I'm fast forward That's
2: funny. That. It's, That's, it's funny because I found myself fast forwarding through the action scenes because yeah, so I know what exactly the scenes look like.
3: Interesting.
2: Yeah, he's, yeah. Your dad is the exact opposite
0: of like how uh, we we've talked about this. on pre- shows like you know i i've watched so like i i made a decision when i when i went to grad school to study superheroes that i was going to watch every superhero show on the air and i have um and it's exhausting oh, wow. <laughs> it, it's it's i mean i like i i need to be done because like it's just it's just hard because you know all media is superhero media now and it's and it's mm-hmm, exhausting mm-hmm. and but like i yeah, I, I've said before. Like my favorite, my favorite hour of television is that one episode of Defenders where they ha- where they have dinner. Um, like, I'm like, this is amazing. Um, and so, yeah, I'll I'll totally watch the human interest stuff. And I think I think part of it is uh, titillation aside, a sexual relationship is one of the you know like why do we? It's not just that I want to see Archie and Jughead fuck because I don't know what fucking looks like. I want to see Archie and Jughead fuck because it's <laughs> the next logical. It's the it's logical combination of their relationship and I want to know what this means who's the top who's the bottom is it kind of an equal thing where they're just like a loving embrace or do they just really go to town on each other like because like Riverdale in, in particular is very good at showing like different kinds of sex for you know like there are uh, uh, they they made they've made it very clear from very early on how kinky Betty is compared to how you expect her to be because yeah. she's the good girl. Right. And if anybody's read twelfth Archie, you you're like, yeah, of course, obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> But like, th- like that's been a part of it. And you want to know, like, you, you want to know is, um, is there sex loving or is there sex hardcore? You know, it, it, does it vary depending on who you're, you know, who you're with? You know, like that, those are the kinds of things that you know, you want to know because much like big etho energy, I think, I think the interesting thing isn't just that they're pretty. The interesting thing is, Here's pretty people. What does pretty say about their relationship? Right. Mm, what does pretty say mm-hmm. about the drama of, you know, the intimacy of, of a sexual relationship? Sex is just the hook, but it's really the relationship mm. that you're there for.
1: I want to bring up too. just I, I know I've brought this up before, but when you talk about adaptation relationships. Mm-hmm and sex takes up a lot more screen time like the human mm-hmm. interest mm-hmm. is actually the majority what you're watching because they can't actually afford to do that many action scenes or you're yes. adapting a children's novel for television and you kind of like to fill it with something did you have to fill it with sex no but filling it with the interpersonal drama is mm-hmm. sort of the norm
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you think of a show like the hundred then where like you think well oh, and clark are gonna get together because they get together in the Ooh. first 15 pages of the book
0: yeah but not in the not in the not in the show and it's so much For better
4: seven seasons yeah.
0: did you want them to did you want them to of
4: course i did
0: oh wow i did not Oh, my God. And see, and, and, and I'm Uh-oh, such ship a ship
4: wars, ship wars. No, I'm oh we'll not, see. not that invested anymore. Oh, that, uh, well, that show totally jumped the shark at the end there. I just wanted everyone to die at the end. So
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: if, if, you, if by the end, you mean literally the last two episodes. Oh, my God. What, are the, what the fuck did they do to my show? Um, they, they, yeah, they, they wanted it to be exactly 100 episodes and they should have stopped at 98. Damn it. Because those last two were off. Uh, but, but, uh, but that said, I see I'm. Ship anybody, right? Like, I, the hundred was one of those ones where I, th- Thought one of the things one of the things that worked for the hundred for me was that Bellamy and Clark were the only two. I guess also Bellamy and Octavia because they're related, but like they're the only <laughs> two where I where I never thought I never thought there could be a sexual a sexual relationship. They loved each other too much to deal with each other's bullshit. Like that was that was like 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 it was just like the one person that um that that like I feel like Clark will never fuck on this show is Bellamy um and I like about her that, you know, she like I liked that Clark was so devoted to the mission that she'll you know have sex with a dude kiss him and then stab him right in the chest <laughs> like and that's like season is that season one or two it might be two And she going to a show that's, that's off the air Oh,
4: I think <laughs> I think she she kills him in season two I think I mean he's gone off the rails at that point but also like I don't know. but if we're thinking about adaptation here and seeing like who will who will sleep with who and like how what that will be like if you're ad- adapting something and I'm not here Fidelity here for Fidelity Chrism like that's not my bag but like I don't think it's entirely unreasonable to think that characters yeah. who get together in the first 15 pages of a book will end up together in some capacity in seven seasons of a show oh, yeah
0: and to be fair I had to read the 100 oh, no, and like it's I not, um, no. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I started watching the show book, and I was like oh I, I do not like this no no <laughs>
4: I don't know I also haven't read the book I just was annoyed that they didn't get together <laughs> and that they killed him I don't know that was wild yeah. anyway but like if we're thinking adaptation and who ends up with who it I think it makes a difference whether you're going off of something that does happen in the property you're adapting depending on you know how many it's a little different with comics I think than like a standalone text but mm-hmm. like versus for something like Nancy Drew when you're like bringing in other kinds of characters and when like you know Nancy was 12 so you're imagining future Nancy and not adapting child Nancy
5: mm-hmm.
4: so there's just more freedom there to like I think explore things i have also like I've only seen the first season of Nancy I'd haven't
0: okay. caught up since then but okay. Uh, and again um, not to go too far into what we're going to do for a future episode but um, they're the, the first season is a detective show um, they're on season three they're straight up X-Files now they're like way beyond <gasps> where they've started it is it is very it's it, it's a show that found its niche and but the, but the relationship stuff I, I think you're you're right I think that um, I, that show starts the first time you see Nancy her and Nick on the show but Ned from the books they're just just having sex, and that's like the first thing you see, so as if to say, "Look, this is not the twelve-year-old girl that you read." Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Like that's that's where they're, and it's and it's, it's it very much is a deal with it. This is what we're going to do. Um. And I and honestly, since that point, sex is actually relatively downplayed on the show. Mm-hmm. Like m- much more. I mean. It's a natural part of their lives. They are, you know, they are 19 year old people who are all very pretty. So of (laughs) course they have sex. Like that is a, that, that is a thing that happens. Um, but not it, not like Riverdale. It's like uh, it's it's very natural. Like there are there are relationships that just happen, and you know, um, sometimes they'll break up. Sometimes it, and but it's not it's not the it's not like Dynasty or you know or or Melrose Place or Melrose Place <laughs> anymore. It's um, which you know, and to talk about we should talk about that. Like, cause old shows like you know Dynasty used to be the sexiest thing on television. Like mm-hmm. there was a time where like people would I'm sure masturbate to Dynasty. Like that's a or. <laughs> or or Days of Our Lives, you know, General Hospital. That's what those exist for. You know, their their daytime soaps had were like the sexiest thing in the world in the
5: eighties.
1: I think you're making a, an important distinction between the idea of like relationship sex versus mm. casual mm-hmm. sex, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the we're portraying sex outside of like, oh, I love him so much, but just like because that person is sexy and I am attracted to them, and therefore we are going to. And that feels like a big deal too when we're talking about like, why is this show? sexy how is it more sexy than the other sexy things
0: I kind of wonder because someone asked somebody asked me you know uh, when we talked about what the show was going to be are you going to talk about like silk stockings and I was like that's a really good example there was this point in the early 90s where there were all these sexy shows that were on that were on TV but they were just it was just the beginning of being pretty um, for the sake of being pretty just you know the Mm. beginning of showing abs and showing people and um, and I think that you I think that what makes like what Monica's saying, like I think the the thing that might be interesting is the potential to show relationships um, where sexuality is not just a, and they're having sex because that's the marker that they are in a relationship, which is, you know, which is a very heteronormative mononormative view of, um, you know, even the concept of shipping, right? Like if we're, if Mm -hmm. we're ship, if we're shipping stuff um, it's because we are looking for the one true pairing, right? Like that's the thing that we're like, I think about um, as we record, um, we're a week after Supergirl just ended its run on the CW a show that I loved. And Supergirl ends with what is clearly supposed to be Lena and Kara kissing. And I've seen behind the scenes footage and they film them kissing and yet they don't. So it just becomes queer baby for the entire oh, series run. It's oh. I mean Yeah, it's I mean, it's they actually filmed it. They filmed the scene. And I, I know because I've seen it now, and then they opted not to do it. So they just have this awkward conversation about how in love they are but they're best friends. Or I guess it was weird. And it was and it's a weird <laughs> scene. and it's and it's clearly supposed to be like they clearly were trying to decide up to the last minute and like do we want to show the kiss do we want do we not and they didn't but the the reason people want it is they they want a show where and and i i mean i i I get it you want you want queer representation so you want to know that kara can have a girlfriend just as easily as a boyfriend Mm. um but but in order to do it you need you know the validation of uh, validation means relationship, which essentially points to mononormativity, if not if not heteronormativity. Right? It's a it's mm. the problem of having bisexual characters. Bisexual characters can exist on television long as they're in you know long as they're in completely loving relationships. Otherwise, they just come off as sluts, and that's a problem, right? Like it shouldn't yeah. be that way, but it but it is. Like that's how that's how we treat it. You can't have you know you like if you have a character who's bisexual and behaves like any dude on 80s television like people will you know Sam Malone or or anybody on Married with Children Kelly or Bud Bundy right like you know like like you can't have a, you can't have a bisexual character having a different relationship every week you know Jerry Seinfeld because then it becomes a question of their sexuality way that you know I, I think needs to be dealt with and hasn't been yet Um, one of the reasons I like the hundred is because you know um, Clark never really has relationships after Finn Clark, mm-hmm. Clark fucks because she's horny and then beyond that she's just kind of her friends mean something <laughs> to her but she's like I'm horny I so mean, I'm gonna I go think, have sex now
4: I am not a Lexa fan but I think the Lexa fans would probably oh, take issue yes. of you oh, saying yes. that no,
0: that's true that's, well, but, but, their, but their relationship's not that long mm-hmm. Clark, and Le- Clark and Lexa love each other but it's uh, but it's continuously problematic right like and, mm. and they and I and they're never in a monogamous relationship like, like as soon as they get together. That's pretty much the end of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I, like I don't like you know, Lexa dies uh, again. Spoilers for a show that's been on the air for a couple of years. Um, but like, but like, I I do I think that I think that Clark had feelings for Alexa, but I don't think there was ever a, a Clark's character on the show can she's a lone wolf, right? She can never be in a happy monogamous relationship because then she can't be Clark. She can't be the girl who makes the hard decisions where she's willing to mm-hmm. sacrifice anybody. Like that's that's who she
4: is yeah i think that what about like sarah and constantine because they're I, I sarah certainly is with ava now but i'm yeah. a little behind on that too but like Which what show about characters do? legends of legends tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> clarification please continue <laughs> no i've like thinking about i think because people love sarah and ava being in like a committed relationship and i'm behind on that one too because as previously noted I only watch Korean things now but <laughs> I don't know, I think there is like something that is both interesting and perhaps troubling about bi people being able to be in committed relationships on television and also have it established canonically that they are in fact bi or pan or whatever label they decide to put on it in the show but I don't know because well, like Constantine I think is kind of slutty always mm-hmm. and forever no matter what's happening so I wonder if mm-hmm. there's maybe also a different gender Standard going on there,
5: but, but there. as
1: is, Sarah is
4: depicted that way
1: until Ava. until Ava. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and also she does sort of take the like the team leader. Like I, I feel like. Sarah's portrayal is perhaps the most progressive representation of a bi person that I can think of on TV. Um, just because there isn't that same level of judgment because there is a lot of like running jokes throughout legends where like, like I'm pretty sure she's the one who's uh, Sarah Lance as Lance a lot and she sleeps with Guinevere and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, just ha ha ha. That's so funny. But, like it is just her expressing her sexuality until she, mm-hmm ends up in a relationship with Ava very similar to the same way that it is for Constantine. Mm-hmm. Um, before with, um, he ends up with Zari, uh, Zari too. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's an episode, uh, I mean, uh, episode last season of uh, of Legends of Tomorrow where Sarah is separated from the team and they're all going off trying to rescue her. And um, they're like, "Well, maybe we can ask for help from the DEO, the Supergirl, uh, the Supergirl people." And she's like, "Well," and they and they're like, "Oh, wait, maybe we w- we don't want to call um, them." And 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 Ava who wasn't the show at this point uh, earlier it says oh what because cuz sarah slept with with alex and they're like yeah do you have a problem with that and, a- and Ava says no um throw a rock and you'll find someone sarah slept with you know that was she's she's like she's like my girl doesn't like to be lonely that's and that's how much put, thought she put into it and i was fine with it like that's uh, i agree that like they're trying to remind you that she's had a life beyond just this mm. one true pairing she ended up with but then she still does end up in the one true pairing, right? Like I, I cannot think of, um, I cannot think of a blatant um, n- uh, polyamorous character that is not seen as judgmental on mainstream American television. I can think of, I can think of shows like, uh, like she's got to have it, which where that's the point, right? Like, mm, but like, mm-hmm. but, um, but as far as like, and certainly no superhero shows, but like even even non superhero stuff, like I can't think of a place where they're like um, uh, so on Riverdale again um, the fact that Kevin can't commit to Fangs is a moral failing of Kevin's mm-hmm. um, and, and that's it and, and it's played like that right like it's play. it's you know Kevin wants to commit but he can't stop going and hooking up with people like that's just and and there's even a point where Fang says look what if I'm just okay with it you know what if I just allow you to do that and it's still a moral failing of killing Kevin's their relationship can't survive this because he cannot he cannot commit to being in a mononormative relationship like that's um that's kind of what happens and in real life certainly there are monogamous bisexual people but these aren't three dimensional, fully re- realized people. So functionally, um, Sarah Lance on on Legends of Tomorrow behaves as a lesbian now because she's because to have her sleep with anybody or even acknowledge attraction to anybody other than her wife now comes across as cheating in the, in the lore of the show.
3: So I wonder how much of this might come down to like romance tropes and the need for a quote-unquote happily ever after at the Mm -hmm. end of a romance so like in order for there to be that i don't want to say catharsis but like in order for people to feel satisfied there needs to be the the bow that's tied on the romance but also lol to the thought of you not being able to look at other people when you're married or it's cheating (laughs) 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 oh boy
5: um (laughs) i
0: i I agree but like i but But there's, for you said, the the romance tropes, like, that's just, that's how television in particular, which is, you know, longer form than a movie, that's how TV Mm -hmm. treats it, right? Like, you... Mm -hmm. uh, 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 Oh, actually, no, Legends be Progressive, there's a... Well, as we record uh, last week's show, um, probably as this episode comes out, two weeks ago, um, there's a point where um, Zari... I guess, for people who don't understand Legends Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, we should make this clear, there are there are two characters named Zari, played by the same actress. So there's Zari 1.0 and Zari 2.0. Okay, oh, so, I miss
4: Zari 1.0 so much.
0: Zari one Zari 1.0 has been on the last couple of episodes. So um so there's a so Zari 1.0 is with a character named Nate and. Nate has been um, trying to you know get her to he's been trying to like ask, ta- ask about moving in together and uh, this character Gary who is the the team schlub everybody hates Gary Gary's the annoying <laughs> idiot uh, but, but Gary ha- Gary is the only one who knows Nate's thinking these things about like going to the next level so they've been having these conversations where you know Gary- so every once in a while Gary's like have you talked to her yet have you talked to her yet and he's like I'm not gonna and then, so finally Zari says and, and Zari says uh, oh Zari lives in another know." so she's not on the show. Zari 1.0 is often not on the show. So is it what she so she finally looks and she says did you hook up with Gary while I was gone And he says <laughs> no and he goes and she goes, no, if you did I'm okay with it. I, you, you can tell me I'm okay with it. I just have
2: questions
0: <laughs> and, and that and I was just like, that's beautiful Like she's she's and she's and she seems to mean it right So I think that they're playing around with it but I think um, I think narrativity is harder than homosexuality right Mm. now. And I think bisexuality is harder than homosexuality, though getting some acceptance um, in mainstream American television. Um, Mm. There was Magicians I loved because Magicians was all about this, Um, but it was hard. It was understated. Um, I guess we can... I don't know. Did anybody watch Magicians besides me and Monica? I know Monica loves it, right? I'm obsessed. Yeah. Well, (laughs) one of the things... One of the ways Magician's Ends is, um, there, uh, there's, well, there's the main character for most of the series is Quentin, and Quentin's in love with Alice, but is always also in love with Elliot. And that's not, a, that's not obvious at first, except for it's awesome because he is in, he's bisexual, though he never says that. Like you just sort of, he's, he's figuring this out. He's bisexual. He's in love with both of them. And, um, spoilers for this show, that it's absolutely awesome, and you should go watch it, but I have to spoil it. Um, Spoiler alert! Spoilers for this show that like is over. Um, on the next to last season, Quentin dies. He's killed off the show. The main character's killed off the show. Oh
2: shit!
0: Yeah. (laughs) So then, like, you've got like the last season. You have his two lovers having to come with term have to having to come to terms with each other and realize that no he loved us both and and we've just not that they're they don't become a couple, but Alice and Elliot have to come to terms with the fact that he did love us both, and he wasn't it wasn't about cheating it was just about him not really being able to commit because to commit to either of them would have been untrue to his love for both of them and they, and they have emotional. this they have this amazing conversation about it on like, like on the last two or three episodes, which is where, and then, and then at that point, um, cause they hadn't gotten along. They kind of had hated each other once, um, once Alice found out that, you know, that he'd slept with it, that they, they had problems with each other. And then they had this conversation and where Alice is, where Alice says, um, on some level, I knew, I always knew that he had feelings with you and I have to learn to be okay with that because hating you for that means hating Quentin. And I can't, and I was like, that's beautiful. And, and it's a and it's a moment that doesn't involve sex between Alice and Elliot. It involves um, Alice coming to terms with Quentin's sexuality, even though he's gone, which I thought was amazing.
3: So we went to an, a virtual conference. Um, I think it was earlier this year, Corinne and I. And it was in May, a, maybe. Was it? I don't <laughs> know time anymore. Time is all a lie. Um, <laughs> oh, but <yeah. laughs> there was a paper that was pretty much talking about um, love triangles in YA fiction. And Mm -hmm. pretty much what the thesis was of this paper is that polyamory is the answer, and it would fix all of the romance trope problems in young adult fiction. Um, So now, whenever we see a triangle or we're thinking about it, all I see here in the back of my head is polyamory is the answer. Um, So to bring up a K-drama, because I know Corinne said she resists, but I'm going to do this for her. Um, We just finished watching this K-drama a few weeks back called hometown cha 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 um and <laughs> the uh, isn't poisonous. it great isn't it the great?
0: amazing I, I know nothing about the show but i love the title oh yeah no it's a
3: great <laughs> title um and it really does fit the vibe of the show too but, but the, there's what? no ballroom dancing to be clear <laughs> oh no cha i think she says it means car like she's using cha in that way but anyhow um the main triangle right Um, the two male leads of course have uh, their direct connection to the female lead but they also develop this friendship that's really fun and charming and the whole time I was like wow polyamory really is the answer can they all just not love each other and (laughs) like is that not the direction we can go and of course it was not the direction that we went in Um, but like I hoped and wanted it with my whole heart so (laughs) I'm passing that on to you Mav polyamory is the answer you can now have that in the back Of your head, I
0: I am looking for as we talk. I literally um, posted that as um, in as uh, I posted this on Facebook. Uh, Wayne, do you remember like two or three years ago? And people got so mad at me. Yeah, Um, it was like there was. I it was just like a random thing. It wasn't even a show idea. Idea. It was just like um, I was listening to some country music song about um, uh, 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 that. Like I just heard, and it was about this relationship. And I was just like, why don't they just all be Become a thruple and this problem goes away, and then I was just like, actually, I think being a thruple solves most of country music, and people got
2: <laughs> and people got so mad at me. Yeah, was so just str- like, Strangely enough, country music fans did not buy into that theory. No, no,
3: no, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, don't, <laughs> don't say.
0: <laughs> but I was just like, uh, and I was just like, oh, this would be, and then and then people were like, well, but why? And, and uh, you know, they're they're like, well, you know, what if they're not? And I'm like, I don't care if they're not. This is my thesis for, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> like, like, what? who's like, well, you can't just say that polyamory solves everything. I'm like, I well, can't it, and I think that that's kind of. I think that that's a direction that we're going towards in exploring these shows, particularly.
4: Wait, so wait, wait, N.K. Jemisin's the fifth season is getting adapted for television, right? Oh,
3: yes, because yes. there
4: is a relationship where polyamory is the answer with like the main oh. character Asun oh. and Alabaster, and then another character. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm very curious now to see what they do with that in television because that is very much what happens in the book like they have a I don't know. They have, like, a baby that they raised together.
3: What's the show? Be really- oh.
4: It doesn't exist yet, so they, okay. I think they're adapting N.K. Jemisin's Broken Earth trilogy, which is, okay. you know, uh, gotcha. to television, and that is, like, a thing that, I mean, I don't think it's really that common in at least the fantasy literature that I've read. No. I mean, it doesn't really happen in YA, but, like, it happens sometimes, or, like, non-heteronormative romantic relationships happen a lot more in, like, honestly, Afrofuturist texts that I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really interested to see like as they're adapting NK Jemisin's work for like a more public kind of audience. I don't remember what network is adapting it, but like what they're gonna do with that whole Relationship because that mm. that is what they do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what Jemison does in the book. They're, they're all really I mean, hot too, so there
1: is a throuple in the Gossip Girl reboot. If I'm just going to continue <sighs> yeah. to circle us back around, so so Gen Gen Z is on it. <laughs> a,
0: have you watched that yet? Because I've I've not I seen have. it yet. Uh, um, how is so that?
1: They're they're releasing it as two halves, so. Part one has aired, and part two will air uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So we don't actually know if the thruple is successful because, sort of, the mid-season finale was that the three of them all had sex together after circling around it for half a season. So unclear if it's going to be reinforcing the polyamory as the answer message or mm-hmm. if it's going to fall back into the uh, I guess the regular tropes that we've seen thus far. Um, but in the show it is presented. As something that could sort of be a a time bomb rather than an answer. Um, Hmm, Because it is characters that are questioning their sexuality. It's uh, a character who is having like a personal life crisis because his parents are getting divorced. And so he's having like a big crisis against monogamy in general. So jury is really out as to what they're going to choose to do with the second half of the season. But the conversation is, is happening in a way that is not necessarily happening. Maybe that's the difference between, is it on the CW or is it on HBO Max is we're, Mm. we're allowed to at least even have the conversation since it seems that for the CW, like we have to continue to circle around it. It has to be a punchline. Mm-hmm. But in the research that I've done on uh, fetish gear in comics, mm-hmm. you know, my parents are so proud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You you do see that at first it starts as this, like, thing of villainy. And then before you hit public acceptance, you see widespread jokes and satire around yeah. the sexuality. Mm. I would argue that the fact that Legends of Tomorrow is even making jokes about it at all is actually a step towards widespread acceptance in which we're basically testing waters in which we can transition from joke to seriousness because mm. in order to joke about something people have to be aware about it like we all have to understand the reference point for it to be funny um so therefore like the conversation is happening the awareness is happening and it's actually despite it not always being helpful in terms of representation for the people that it's portraying it is helpful in the long the long game of it all towards public acceptance
4: mm. So that actually makes me think of the show Roswell, which I think I've only seen two seasons of. But there is like an actual... Threesome sex scene that happens, and it's more of a like, we're doing this tonight, and then we'll, like, I don't know, say goodbye the next day. And there does seem to be like a sort of end game going on, like, with the two dudes that were involved. But I do think it was in that instance, it wasn't treated as a joke, it was treated as something very serious and very, like, romantic while also being sexy, even if you don't really know what's gonna happen that I don't know what would you add Ayani because I made you watch watch Roswell
3: (laughs) yeah specifically for this threesome actually um so I think one of the things that I liked about it is that because it was so emotionally resonant it wasn't I don't know it was about these three characters kind of reaching a (laughs) to make a bad pun but like a climax of their individual relationships with each other Um, because with Roswell they've all known each other since high school these are really long standing relationships and really long standing romances so this kind of acted as like the the happily ever after for these this Three for this group of three, you know, so I think you're right, Corinne, that they're moving towards, um, you know, some maybe some further drama, maybe happiness with uh, Alex and Michael. Um, but I, I felt like it really was a capstone moment for the three of them. Um, and it wasn't like it was awkward in the morning after or anybody regretted it. It was something that kind of needed to happen for the three of them to kind of cement something about their relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, and it was hot.
2: So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's the bottom line, right? Isn't that what really matters? Yeah. I'm
0: trying to remember some. Some scholar has a theory that I'm trying to remember who it was, and I and I cannot find it in my notes. But um, that is arguably how we get approval um, in media is that things start out. So if you think about the way uh, homosexual people were presented 100 years ago, actually, this is a little too far back for American television. Um, mm. So I want <laughs> to just go just just television. I was going to say uh, in movies, but. Like even just in television, homosexuals in the 50s are evil. It's just gay is evil. Um, And then it becomes gradually, you know, the idea of a gay man. And, and, you know, obviously no one ever even calls them gay. It's just it's tropes thereof but Mm -hmm. the idea of a gay man goes from being evil to being a joke to being, um, a good joke. Like a, like, you know, you'll have characters who are the loving, you know, quirky homosexual on the show. Um, Sassy best friend. Yeah. And then you move from that to acceptance and main characters. And that happens. Um, eventually I think, I think we're in the midst of that with bisexual characters right now. Um, Mm. bisexual characters cannot be, I mean, Sarah Lance is a, is a is an is a, uh, a recent exception. I think the the WB is very good at, at the exceptions of it, at least in principle um Having the bisexual characters be leads or important, but like, it's hard to, it's hard to be the lead because the bisexual character is seen as greedy, right? Like they are slutty because they, because why can't you decide? Why can't you decide mm. who you love so that your relationship can be just like mine? A mononormative, heteronormative, um, you know, presumably white man, you know, (laughs) like, which I'm not, but like, that's it. But like the, uh, but like, that's the idea. Like, how can I, um, the same thing happens with race, right? Like, um, Mm -hmm. it it is hard. We are only now getting to a part, a point where we are accepting television that is, um, not geared just towards black people, but that presents black families or black non-families in ways that are, um, not intended to say, and they're just like white people, right? Like the Cosby mm. show, the Cosby show is a super important show in the history. You know, Bill Cosby's problems aside, the Cosby show is a super important his show in the history of television because what the Cosby show was, was saying, and black people are just like you. And it did not allow, not really for, um for a representation of, And black people are different than you and that's okay. You had Mm -hmm. to get that they're just like you white people first. And I think that you're doing the same thing with gay people. Like, you know, gay people... Uh, there's a question, you know, you can have gay marriage long as it looks as much like straight marriage as possible. Mm. Uh, bisexual marriage is hard because it's weird because I don't understand somebody who likes, you know, like you need to decide what generals you like. You know, why do we have problems with, um, non-binary people right now? Because it's easier to accept somebody who goes from being a girl to a boy or a boy to a girl than someone who goes from being a girl or a boy to neither. That's hard. Mm -hmm. And so we, so it is a cumbersome conversation that there aren't that many. And I'm trying to think if I can even think of a mainstream non-binary character on mainstream television, that is a lead, not just like a one-off, right? Like you, you know, like, so Star Trek's what dealing with this way Asia, back. But. Asia
1: Kate Dillon in, uh, billions. I mean, she, uh, they won an Emmy for, okay.
0: An, and, an, I know, and I don't watch and the they, show, but yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah, but that's, that's, that's I, I know who you're talking about. So yeah, they're the, rare, but that's one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're written as a, and to the credit of Billions, as a like a very prominent character and a very uh-huh. uh, powerful, like smart, intelligent, skilled character as well. Like that for me is a. I mean, everyone on Billions is terrible because that's the point of Billions. <laughs> With the show, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're you're not supposed to like anyone. No one's supposed to be redeeming. But in writing a character that is just as unlikable as everyone else, that's good representation for me.
5: <laughs>
3: <Like>. <laughs> so I actually started watching two uh, anime on Netflix that have two, um, I'm not sure if they're non-binary, but they are definitely uh, gender non-conforming characters. So one is Blue Period, um, which has a main cast member Um who is gender non-conforming. And then the other one is Comey can't communicate, which has a character who constantly is kind of flipping back and forth between um, saying, oh, no, I'm a boy. Oh, no, I'm a girl. Um, and I've only seen a couple episodes of that. And the show is really charming. And I hope they do more with that character as well. So I think it's also interesting to look at, like, different kinds of media from different places and seeing how those um, conversations work, especially going across, like, transnational bounds right um, yeah but also K communicate is just lovely it's not <laughs> it's not necessarily sexy so maybe I'm stepping a little beyond the like yeah. conversation of our show um,
0: oh we do that all the time it's fine um,
3: yeah
4: <laughs> well, but, like something that, that has been really interesting in watching K-dramas for me right now is like they're sort of in that moment of including more queer characters and they don't necessarily get to be in relationship but their queerness has started to be like canonical just like like in the last three months there have been three shows with like lesbians that are like canonically lesbians and like i think they might be some of the very first ones in korean drama so like seeing that in another national context that i am only vaguely familiar with and clearly seeing like from the outside Has been interesting, especially to compare it to like what I am used to in American television.
0: It's Cedric C. Clark was the person that I was trying to remember um, uh, that uh, he wrote all the way back in 1969. That, yeah. That the, um, that the stages of the stages of acceptance of a uh, uh, in, in representation were. he wrote this for television quarterly, that you needed to start with non-recognition, then go to ridicule, then regulation, and then finally respect. Um, Mm. and he was talking about, um, he he was talking about what at the time was called American Indians. Um, Mm. but like he was predicting that, for any um, demonized group, this is the; these are the stages that you needed to go through in order mm. to uh, in order to achieve cultural acceptance in um, in media. Uh, because trying to and this is a, and I I actually kind of believe this because I think that this is sort of the problem with um and we we know how I feel about this word um it's the problem with woke television right the woke media gets rejected by people who aren't there yet because they feel like something's being rammed down their throats. And in a way it sort of is and, you know, tough shit for you. Um, but, <laughs> but, but like the, the, the rejection is because they have not been able to evolve. Like what, uh, for those of us who want, you know, more socially aware, more inclusive, more diverse television, you know, um, we're we're saying we want this and we haven't waited for the people who don't want it to die out but they will right like it's you know it, it's really hard to do a show on television in 2021 where the punchline is but they're Jewish you know like that's that's a thing that's inappropriate now mm-hmm. but it didn't used to be you know it, it mm-hmm. there was a point where there was a point where that was the joke on television you know that was 70 years ago um, but we've moved on so I think that I think that that's kind of where we're, you know, where we're going with sexual representation um, of all kinds, right? Like, I, I think that it's, I think that we're pretty close to there. I think we're pretty close to acceptance with um, with homosexuality on American television. And mm. we have been for a while. You know, we can have a will and grace. I think it's harder this- to have a, or an Ellen. I think it's harder to have acceptance for a bisexual character still, but I think we're getting there. I mean, I think I think that CW with characters like Sarah Lance or like, you know, the entire cast of Archie or Riverdale. Um, (laughs) Like, I mean, it really is like everybody. I think that that's moving in that direction.
1: I know that we're having a a chat about, for the most part, CW Media, but you brought up Will and Grace. And I I do want to bring up that I think that sitcoms, because we're talking about jokes being that place where public acceptance happens, like Mm -hmm. is a really important sort of battleground that we shouldn't be discrediting. Like there have been multiple studies about. How beneficial will and Grace was in terms of uh, acceptance of homosexuality um to be like, oh these are these are characters that are that are funny and lovable and relatable in ways that I didn't think they were because I didn't think that I knew a gay person, which was obviously mm. bullshit. everyone knows a gay person, <laughs> but at this point in time, like uh, there aren't as many uh out gay folks and and sure. I think. I I was actually thinking earlier when it comes to like positive representations of pansexuality, bisexuality, polyamory that... We haven't brought up Shit's Creek ever oh, and honestly yeah. Shit's Creek is one where it really reinforces that happily ever narrative because the series finale is a gay wedding but <laughs> I cried. along I cried. the way <laughs> that that's a character where as a couple while they're engaged they go to a swingers party together and it mm-hmm. is portrayed as a joke but it's also portrayed as like this is an okay thing for us to go do if you want to explore this like their best friend like the joke is also their best friend happens to be at that swingers party the swingers <laughs> party is being held by um someone who used to date their best friend and also David one of the the guys in the couple like so everyone has dated everyone there's a like Shits Creek is a really good example despite still reinforcing the the sort of uh narrative of meeting a wedding but there something about that conversation in which they go to the swingers party is one in which they say yeah i would rather hang out with you but it's also presented in a way that's like if my answer was yeah i would rather keep doing these parties with you that both of those people would be okay with that answer and Mm -hmm. i think that that's a really important distinction
0: Mm -hmm. I, i do wonder if it i mean We've got a wide, me not. This is not the world I grew up in when there were literally three television channels, right? Like, that was it. (laughs) You know, ABC, CBS, NBC, and you were done. Like, if you're, you know, PBS, if you're fancy, right?
2: That was, and and, and I'm old enough to remember when Three's Company and Billy Crystal on Soap were outrageously controversial.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And like I mean Three's company was controversial and he wasn't even supposed like Billy Crystal was actually gay, right? Yeah. Billy Crystal was supposed to be gay. Like that character was gay. Um Jack Tripper was pretending to be gay and oh, can we even say that? You know, that was like a thing, right? So but like I wonder if, you know, now we've got a media landscape where I'm just thinking shows that I love. Oh, here's a show that I love. It wasn't on uh, CW, but uh, if you're if you're a fan of YA fiction, do you ever see South of Nowhere?
4: No, I didn't.
0: Oh, <laughs> South of Nowhere is amazing. South of Nowhere is a South of Nowhere is a story about um, Robert middle class white family, um, except for they have one of their three kids is a black kid that they adopted, and the daughter is gay. And they move to, you know, upper middle class, I think they're in LA. I can't I think that's where they are. And she falls in love with um the the daughter falls in love with the local bisexual girl. And it's a YA show for noggin. It's brilliant. It's just
3: on noggin.
0: uh, On noggin. Yeah, it, um, I it's remember
1: for, Noggin. Yeah, um,
0: <laughs> uh, um, uh, um, S- uh, Sp- Spencer and Ashley couple names uh, Splashly. Um, they um, Oh I, no! I,
1: I am so oh, I am
0: so into South of Nowhere, and it was. Um, I
1: remember this show. Yeah. What, it, now that you've thrown the couple name in there, huh? Yeah, I yeah, watched Ashley. this. Yeah, and and,
0: it, and it's it it was very real because the. Uh, um, what the, oh, what year is that? Do you, uh, do you remember? It's probably been, a, it's probably been 10 years.
4: Um, ah, it's so, from 2005. Ah, I was going to okay, say,
0: so. to
1: give perspective, we're sandwiching this one in between uh, Degrassi and Radio Free Roscoe. And yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. this is full on. We don't even have Teen Nick yet. We're just importing all of the shows from Canada.
0: Right. And what Continue. made, <laughs> but what made South of Nowhere amazing was it, it's not, that it's not that Ashley is poly per se, no one's even thinking about that. It's that she is truly bisexual, and the show, um, like basically the show is presented as though we're going to do a young adult drama drama, but drama about, um, about a young gay girl, you know, uh, Spencer, you know, it's basically, we're going to do my my so-called life except for she's lesbian and that's fun, right? Yay. But the show becomes complicated and interesting because her love interest is not a lesbian. She is bisexual. And even though she is, you know, Spencer's the good girl, um, but she knows what she wants out of life. She wants to be with another girl. Um, Ashley, is the trouble dangerous girl, but things, you know, the roadmap's not clear for her. And, she does love both her girlfriend and her boyfriend and it's really hard for her to figure it out mm. and and all of the and all of their drama is uh, is based on the fact that like you know as viewers we're positioned because you know of, because of how shipping works right we are positioned as viewers to want Spencer and Ashley to end up together because they're clearly the one true love and you're clearly supposed to root further for her but having her end up having Spencer end up with Ashley before Spencer is ready to Commit to one person, or even know if she wants to commit to one person, is a rejection of who Spencer is. And the show isn't, I mean, the show's not afraid to have Spencer just say that. And you know, like in 2005, she's not gay, she's bi. And it's hard to respect that. And, you know, and, and I think the I think the fans of the show were frustrated anytime, anytime Spencer would cheat on Ashley. But why is she doing that? It's because she's not all in on this. I'm just going to be with girls thing. That's not that's not who she is. And that's a complicated thing. It's a, like this is a show for 15 year olds. Right right but again i'm a teen girl so i love this stuff <laughs> um, and, and and it's and it you know it worked because i you know i'm all about shows which are you know very confused people trying to figure things out in life <laughs> you know it says a lot about me but that's but that's but that that's what makes the show work for me um it's if you listen to our shows that we've done um, that we've done on Harry Potter, and I talk about what I love about Jenny Weasley is I see Jenny Weasley as this character figuring all this out. She's the best character in Harry Potter because. You know, she's this open blank slate of me trying to uh, apply non-normative sexuality onto her.
3: You know, I had a thought, but I lost it because um, <laughs> you started talking about Harry Potter. And then my brain remembered reading something about uh, Harry Potter being sexless. I don't know if you posted this, Mav, but about Ginny actually being out here like doing all the things with everybody. If there was actually sex That's in Harry me. Potter, that was there's, you. OK,
0: <laughs> Ginny is I've, I've Ginny Weasley. Um, I am, there is no doubt in my mind that Jenny Weasley, Jenny Weasley clearly has sex before she's with Harry. You know, she tells, um, she, t- she straight up tells Ron that she has. She all but says, look, loser, just because you're a virgin, I'm not. That's not my problem. Like she clearly fucks Dean. Like that's, there's no, there's no doubt in that. Um, and then I believe that, uh, when her boyfriend ran off with her loser brother and, and <laughs> to like go live in the woods for a year during like her. <laughs> Junior year, Jenny did not sit at home and like wait for Harry. Jenny's like, "Look, I love you, but if you're gonna leave, I'm gonna fuck Neville and Luna," and I, got I some believe shit she do. did. Yes. And I believe she did. She's like, I'm going to be I'm here fighting Snape by myself. And you're going to, you know, and you think you're going to I'm going to be celibate. No, absolutely not. Jenny Weasley. Like I now that everybody hates J.K. Rowling, please give me the Harry Potter franchise. I can I can write like in my head. There's a whole story of uh, there's a whole alternate story that takes place that I really, really want to do of, you know, fanfic. But give, I want the right side because I want to make this canon of what Jenny, we, Jenny neville and and uh luna do during year seven <laughs> like that like that's the interesting story to me being lost in the woods is not interesting to me and it's not just the sex stuff i think that they are fundamentally more interesting characters.
1: i mean they live we in my talk head. about shipping and we talk about like how it kind of seems like fanfics are dictating what we're watching on tv now i mean like that's kinda that's kinda what it is. Is like these CW shows are just the chance to sort of explore literally every single pairing between every single character. It's like mm-hmm. a it's like a string theory experiment of like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which is that is that good or bad though?
1: I mean, I'd argue it's kinda excellent. Like from a <laughs> from a creative standpoint, from a writing exercise standpoint which like why not like why not encourage people to explore and figure themselves out I, I, again the well, one we- lesson I learned from Gossip Girl is that uh serena dated like 10 other people before she was like nope dan the first one that was the correct decision for me like but she kind of came about it as like a as an adult as an informed adult because the writers were like let's have her try literally every other scenario first
0: I I, I respect your watching of Gossip Girl. I, you know, again, this was saying I told Monica this earlier, earlier when we were texting each other. I never I've seen Gossip Girl. I never really got into it because I am a cultured man of sophisticated taste. So I watched Pretty Uh Little Liars, (laughs) (laughs) pretty little liars, far superior (laughs) show. But but I don't I mean, is that is that the fascination with with um, this actually probably a question for uh, for you, Corinne? Is that the fascination mm-hmm. with YA media? Like we lo- I, mean, not, I think For grown-ups, I mean. Like not just for teens. I mean we like Hunger Games, Harry Potter, mm-hmm. like we love this crap now. Like um, and I don't mean crap in a bad way. The Hundred is, you know, a show that I unabashedly love. And that's not just me being a weirdo. Like Harry <laughs> Potter was like my, you know, who got me reading Harry Potter? My mom and my aunt, they were in their, you know, they were in their fifties at the time when those books were. You know, it's like, hey, have you tried this thing? And I'm like, I, I, I mean, I've heard. Why are you reading Harry Potter? You're fifty, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> but when when those books started, you know, and I and, and but like they were I mean, super into them.
1: Fifty Shades of Grey, Twilight fan fiction. Yeah,
4: yeah. So that's is that is that is literally
1: the phenomenon we're talking about.
4: Well, I mean, it's making me kind of think about so one of the things that has kind of been happening in YA fiction lately within like the last 15 or 20 years is that female, particularly female characters who get to be sexually active are often punished for it unless they are in or end up in an, a monogamous relationship and even if they mm. don't get married at the end there is the sort of promise that they will even though this is someone they met when they were like 15 yeah. but like that's the reason why it was okay to for them to have mm-hmm. sex it's because they're gonna marry that person and that's gonna be it so it's a sort of like re i don't know return to like that's the only reason it's okay for you not to be a virgin anymore. It's because you're going to marry that person. I think Sarah Day made that argument in her essay in the very excellent Beyond the Blockbusters uh, collection, which I will share a link to. But I think maybe what we're running into then in these adaptations for a slightly older audience of these YA properties is they go on for longer. So maybe they try out what is going to be the end game at the beginning and they're like, oh, well, now we are going to have, we don't know how many, how many seasons. But at the end And like they have to end up with that person to be in this sanctioned. It was okay for them to have sex with that person relationship at the end. But then with like the way that American television works and that it's so serialized, then we end up with like your Sarah and your Ava who then are in their endgame relationship. But we're seeing it keep going instead of just seeing it start or like solidify. Mm -hmm. I guess
2: it's that the lack of closure thing that Foucault talked about with um, superheroes there can never Mm -hmm. be any real end with this. Mm -hmm. There's the, the tension of Superman and Lois is never resolved. And he wrote this, you know, back in um, the sixties or whenever
0: it's echo. Yeah. Echo. um, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, he, and he, he couldn't even imagine, um, a world where Superman doesn't reset to his status quo. Mm -hmm. Like he, he said, this makes no sense. He said, um, the myth to do so would consume the myth and a myth cannot be consumed. Mm -hmm. was his entire rationalization. Um, and uh, I that that's depressing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like either they're either you have to be stuck and stagnant or you've got to be in an, in a ultimate end game, which presumably is your first ever relationship. I mean, like I, I don't want to marry anybody. Ew, apologies to everyone I dated in high school, but no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Corinne and I have had many a conversation about what we call fuck your first love. Um, and <laughs> I guess in this conversation that takes on two meanings, but what we meant it more was, is that like the first love trope can be so frustrating. That it's like, ah, I've met this one person and I'm going to love them forever and ever, which sometimes works for people, but in a lot of cases does not work like I would not have wanted to marry yet, or at this point in my life now that I'm a grown adult with like a fully developed brain. None of those people are <laughs> people that like, you know, I want to be in a long term relationship with, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that that kind of first love thing can be so, so very frustrating. Um especially since it's one that's hammered home so often mm. across media. Yeah.
0: Is it damaging? Is it damaging? Because that's what you expect, right? Like if, if, if you expect that the right thing to do is to find your happily ever after when you're 15, no, you're, you're barely a
1: person. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so I actually want to bring up the, the CW flash TV series. Cause they've been in it for like, I want to say this is the eighth season.
0: My I believe it's the season. Seventh yes.
1: season. But Somewhere in there, so um, and Barry and Iris have been married for a while. Not only uh-huh. have they been married, uh, their their dad got married. He's been married for a while. Everyone uh-huh. on the Flash series has been paired up. Who could possibly be paired up? If they're not paired up, they're still working on it. Yeah, and and also like sex on that show, we are at a point where Barry and Iris are trying for children. So Mm -hmm. sex is no longer like titillating and sexy, but it's Mm. being portrayed as a joke of like, oh, haha, we caught them like, having sex in the basement, trying to have a kid again, like trying to hide that they're just having the sex all the time from everyone. Um, And it's a very interesting juxtaposition when compared against all of the other sort of CW shows. And also the fact that like the flash itself really kind of played with this, like, unrequited first love trope for so long now we are getting to see the long-term play out of well what if that actually happens and what does it do and when you've paired off everyone it does kind of kill all Mm. of the sex on the show uh i would argue it's probably why people are starting to feel like it's winding down or it's getting a little bit stale is because if all you ever do is pair people up Your, your narrative interest, even
2: there. What does that say about real life? Where you know, all of our fictions, the moment people actually get in a committed relationship. And, and move forward, we lose interest in it. But yet we expect that in our own life. You know? well, that's what I mean, both yeah.
0: for the for longest time in the comics, both Marvel and DC, with Dan Didio so much as saying it out loud, yeah. as did um, Joe Casada, are both famous for saying that superheroes can't be married, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. have, because I, I mean, I remember for the longest time, Spider Man was married and then they undid the marriage because Casada oh uh, said that, you know, Spider Man's boring if he's, you know, Spider Man needs to be a young single guy because, you know, married guys in their 30s are boring. And um as (laughs) a Guy who was or married in his thirties at the time. I'm like, you know, fuck you, like, <laughs> you know, like I'm a middle aged, I'm a middle aged man, man with a wife. Why are you doing this to me? You know, but like that was, um, but that was. Can the I don't want to believe that my sex life is over the second I say I do. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, like that's not, that's not that, well, your that, sex that's life isn't
1: over because Barry and Iris are having a lot of sex all the time. It's just that it's not. I also don't sex, have children. Your sexy, sex. <laughs> sexy sex life is over. It's that's sex
3: the yes your sex life is a joke that's what right. happens yeah and, and so,
0: <laughs> right but, but is, is that is that what it says is is that is that the answer are um do we only care about do i mean as steph asked me she asked me you know is everybody on this show hot and i was like yes everyone is i mean i would literally fuck anybody on this show and uh, you know, including the old people who are forty-five. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like you no know, ancient. like yeah, right. So, um, uh, then you again, you fast
1: you forward to like the last. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you fast forward to the last two seasons of Arrow, in which he's like he's a dad. Right. He's he's a hot dad, but he's he's a mm-hmm. dad. And it, and the sex is just not being portrayed in the same way it was before. There's significantly less salmon ladders like we're just yeah. <laughs> we're tuning so, in for different reasons. So to wiggle in
3: here, you've got my my brain thinking about how sex is shot and how sex is either made sexy or kind of made into a joke. Um, and it's making me think a lot about. Bridgerton. Have we all oh, watched so Bridgerton? We, yes? we, we, we,
0: we, have, we have done two, two hour and a half episodes <laughs> devoted to Bridgerton because, oh my God, yes. Um so, I, yes, we're big fans.
3: So uh, we've we've done some talking, too, about how like mm-hmm. the sex is shot in Bridgerton and how it's so Hot and steamy, even though they're in a they're in their relationship, right? We can call it committed or whatever. Um, they're married, they're married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're married. Mm-hmm. But they managed to make that sex really desirable, both in like how they position the camera, whose point of view you're in, like mm-hmm. even the scenery is kind of sumptuous. Like the one that always stands out to me is when they're like fucking in the middle of this big field, and they're tiny on the screen, but it's just all of the sequence is kind of sumptuous to use the same word again so i think it's it's really interesting how like intent in showing you the sex can kind of change mm-hmm. what your perception is so like um
0: for me on I the, I, uh, for ahead. me on and it's, it's the it's the one where they have sex on the stair on the staircase which <laughs> you know to not give too much away, away from myself i have done that in real life it is difficult, and you know, not not super comfortable. But oh my god, do I want to see try again now that I've seen, seen that, I've seen that show because because I clearly did it wrong. You know, like, you know, like it was like oh okay. I I, I mean, Bridgerton was one of well, those shows where like here. yeah, Bridgerton <laughs> is very definitely a show where you, you, where you go again. I'm a man in my 40s who's been sexually active for quite some time, but apparently had been. Doing it wrong for decades. <laughs> so, like, I who knew? It's supposed to look like that. Oh, I see. All right. <laughs> yes. I'm all isn't, about Bridgerton. Isn't
1: Bridgerton just, doesn't it fit our theme? If, isn't it Pride and Prejudice, but sexy? Can we just sprinkle some sexy on it? Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and I mean, that show was super popular too, right? And people, I mean, mm-hmm. it that that show on Netflix had people who had never, you know, who hadn't watched a TV show that wasn't superheroes in a decade who were suddenly like, OK, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to watch this show that is auspiciously for girls, you know, like, <laughs> like there was like <laughs> everybody was it. watching. Yeah, everyone was watching Bridgerton. So I think that there's crossover there. And I think that uh, I, I think that that's an ep- That's a you know, it is Pride and Prejudice. It is doing a romance novel. It is saying something. Interesting about race and about colonialism that you know we talked about a lot on that sh- on 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 our show when we did those episodes about it. But the hook of that was come watch Bridgerton because look you, you're going to want to fuck this Duke you know like that's a <laughs> like that was the hook for the show right <laughs> was like you know like we're we're showing you commercials of, of of Daphne and the Duke these two ridiculously hot people going at it so that you watch our show and see what we have to say about colonialism. So
1: like, here here's a question. Are we saying that there's a target audience for sexy shows or are we saying that the thing that makes a sexy show, a sexy show, the fact that everyone is sexually attracted to all of these people mm, like are ooh. we all interested are we all buying into it I, is, I mean obviously with the CW it's significantly easier because like there's more variables <laughs> if if it's a cast of 10 people and they're all ridiculously fuckable you're going to want to fuck one of them right yeah. <laughs> With yeah <with Bridgeton. laughs> You're really so is putting, it? putting a lot on on just just one, just one Duke. Uh, so do we feel like the thing that makes a sexy show a sexy show, the fact that most audience members, most viewers will agree that it's a sexy show? And and therefore, it's not like just aimed at teen girls or uh, women who read Fifty Shades of Grey secretly on the train or whatever it happens to be.
0: <laughs> I wonder that. And I also wonder on top of that, you know, again, it, it's to <laughs> to listen to our show. It's pretty clear that I'm not on either extreme of the Kinsey scale. And I don't think I, I don't <laughs> you know, I don't I don't hide that. Right. Um, but I don't think it's just me. Right. Like I, I don't. I don't have, I don't think there's anybody who, most Bridgerton fans, be they gay or straight or bi or anywhere along the pansexual spectrum, I don't think anybody doesn't understand that the Duke is sexy. Male, <laughs> female, non binary, everyone looks at the Duke and, and, and like, if you look at the Duke, you either get that he's sexy or if you don't get, that he's sexy something's wrong with you something's not wrong with him <laughs> <laughs> you, you know like that's that's the that's the show right like i uh, so and i and i think i don't think it's does, just us i think kj
1: appa's wig do it for me no
0: the wig no didn't. but is do.
1: doing it for someone and and that's what i mean in terms of like is this does this have a target audience I
4: okay like, <laughs> well this is also making me wonder if you can have the same sort of like sexy Vibe, sexy genre, sexy aesthetic, without all of the sex. Because like one of the reasons people don't like like the 2005 Pride and Prejudice film, who like are the six-hour BBC Pride and Prejudice loyalists, they said it's too sexy. But then if you compare like the 2005 film to to Bridgerton, there's (laughs) obviously some differences there. Yeah. So I,
0: I definitely wish, wish Hannah was here to answer that question (laughs) because she would have have so many thoughts. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I do want to address like one last thing that I, that I'd said in the blog that um I wonder, cause if we're talking about like sex getting us into this, I saw just when we were talking about this episode, there was um a thing that was floating around, uh, around Facebook that went viral that I saw like, you know, four people posted one day and then nobody else again. Um, <laughs> but there's this, I mean, you know, you know how the internet works, but like um this uh, woman, uh, Misha Johnson she wrote about uh, Zazie Beats portrayal of, of stagecoach Mary in the Netflix show The Harder They Fall, which I have not watched yet, but I actually want mm. to. Yeah, me and me too. And um, it, um, it's for people who don't know, it's a Western um, about race in the Old West and it stars, among other people, it stars Zazie Beats, who is ridiculously attractive if you don't know who Zazie Beats is you'd look at her and no, no one would look at Zatsy Beats and say, oh, okay, she's not sexy. Um, the real stagecoach Mary is, uh, or was, a six-foot-tall, 200-pound oh. woman, um, you know, uh, who looked like she was, you know, who, who looked like she could handle business. Like, that's what stagecoach Mary stage Stagecoach Mary was an actual um, person in the old West who looked like she could kill somebody with her shotgun. Zazie beats looks like a waifish little model girl. Um, because that's what Zazie beats is. And, and so people, you know, the hot take on the internet for that week. Um, and I, and I linked to the article on the blog was, uh, well, why didn't we get like a you know, why didn't we get a darker woman of color and somebody who wasn't heteronormatively attractive? And why, you know, why, why does it have to be sanctifying? Why does it have to be this? And and honestly, my answer is because this isn't a show about realism. This is a show about being sexy. She's not the only sexy person on the show. Like I, I, I see the point, but also realistically, if this show weren't starring um you know, Zazie Beats as stagecoach Mary, you would have never heard of the show. <laughs> like that, like your, your own, like, to say that um I, I, I don't believe that the people who are complaining about this are looking to watch um period historic uh westerns. Um you're watching you're watching this show because it's got Zazzy Beats and Idris Elba, you know, who are the most attractive two humans who ever lived. Also Regina King and um, um uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Major. Just, yes. <laughs> it's like so it's literally like it's literally who's sexy in hot Holly hot black Hollywood right now, they're in this show. And I don't think anybody's talking about this show if it's not idris elba as he beats i just i just don't
3: yeah it's it's complicated because like it, it definitely runs into long-standing pervasive issues of colorism yes in absolutely media but like that's 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 why it's so complicated because the times that i've seen it like uh, on social media has been in reference to or in line with like three or four other um texts that are being called out for the same thing so yes. like it would i think it, it would have been less of a conversation if this wasn't such a an issue but like also yes it's because everyone is hot you know that's that's what the casting is doing there. and fabulous actors don't get me wrong let's not downplay oh, yeah, yeah, skills. Yeah. but like there there is that line of you know everyone is nice to look at so we want to look at them there which like mm-hmm it's like, I do understand the frustration, but I also understand where you're coming from, you know, not, not to do a, what, of uh, what is it? Both sides but like, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, yeah, well, and,
0: yeah, I get it. I, I absolutely get it. And I think that you have more of a point. If you can, if you can tell me, um, the plot to Joshua Posse or Buffalo Soldiers, then I think we can have those conversations because I've seen all three <laughs> of those movies, you know, like and I, and I, and I'm, I'm certain most of the people who are complaining have not watched any of them,
2: and, but, uh, and, if, and if you could have told me who Stagecoach Mary was before you heard of this movie,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, but but like, I'm a weird, I'm a weirdo who loves cowboy movies. And if you tell me that oh, there's a cowboy movie with black people in it, I'll go see it because because yeah. I'm that guy. Like I'm I'm the audience for this before you put sexy people in it. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. and I think that's the I think that's the the point of this episode is you know I think you got to care about um, I think you got to care about who Stagecoach Mary was. Because someone sprinkled zazzy beats on the story of uh, a, a stagecoach Mary, or no one would have ever cared. Um, so- Similarly, and I get why it's problematic, but um, see, now I'm forgetting the name. When Scarlett Johansson wanted to play, oh my God. See, I don't remember the name of the transgender man that Scarlett Johansson wanted to play. And people were like, well, they should get a real Scarlett, they should get a real transgender man to play it. And they eventually got Scarlett Johansson to walk away from the role. And now they're not making the movie because it was only an issue because someone who, now I'm not saying that it's, I'm not, Saying there shouldn't be more transgender actors in Hollywood, there absolutely should be. But if you want that, you sort of have to go to the roles and not just come. You got ha- you have to go and watch the media and not just complain about them not making the media. Mm. And I think that we're more doing that.
3: Yeah, scarja was frustrating though in her own right. I'm never going to forgive yeah. her for Ghost in the Shell. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> never going to forgive her for that one. So <laughs> she. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm not saying I'm not saying she's not. Fr- I'm I'm not saying that she's that she's right. She's. <laughs> and she's frankly egotistical about it but Mm. she's also correct in the fact that like she's correct in as much as I don't think like her name does bring value to the project That mm-hmm. she can't just lend because people were like, "Well, why doesn't she just produce it and then not do it?" And I'm like, because that's not how it works. Again, like you you name um you name a movie that Scar that ScarJo has produced because she has produced some, and you don't know because that's you know you go and see things because a star is attached to to star in it, right? Like that's and again mostly because she's making Marvel movie, right? Like mm. you know, that's and it's unfair but like if you want um somebody you know if you want representation in things then you have to go see I, I, somebody somebody once told me when you remember this somebody argued with me about like how come how come they don't make you know somebody was like there should there should have been a why can't superman be black or gay and i was like well because he could be it was like well you know if they if they had a gay black man in superman didn't, don't you think it would be the coolest thing in the world and i was like no you think that because you want to say that but um but you don't go see these um but you don't go see Movies just because gay black people are in them you go see them because they're superheroes in them and they said well how do you know and i'm like because moonlight won best picture fucking two months ago and no one went to go see it right.
5: <laughs> like
0: because that's yeah. because because that's what that movie's about and like it didn't make you know it didn't make as much money as batman versus superman yeah mm. And that's the problem.
3: It's so, far superior. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. Yes. Cause yeah, more, I'll more, watch more, it.
2: Far more people go see Blade <laughs> than Saw Moon. So we've resolved nothing. Um,
0: <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I did my little rant about, you know, which was about like, go see things. But like, what I think we resolved for me is I think it's okay to be sexy. Um, I think that the best media uses sexy to do other stuff, right? Like, mm. I, like I'm thinking of some of my favorite shows and recently recent years. I mean, obviously we talk about Riverdale all the time, right? Um, but I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, embody Hannah real quick and just point out that, you know, even though, you know, she would if she were on this episode, every time I mentioned Riverdale, she would have said the good place. But even the good place, right? <laughs> the good place. A lot of the fun of the good place is Kristen Bell and Jamila like being hot, right? Like a lot of the jokes are how much Eleanor wants to fuck to honey. Like and even when she and like there's whole You're episodes kind of <laughs> and yeah and yeah. Jason yeah. But, yeah. well and Jason oh. but I was also going to say there's also like when we get to see like you spend that entire first season waiting for her to hook up with Chidi. and then when she does and then their memories get erased then you spend the entire second season going oh my god when is she going to hook up with Chidi again like that's yeah. part of the show right because you want to see them have sex um and wanting to see you have sex makes you, you know, that's the that's the <laughs> sugar that makes you that you swallow in order to take the medicine of like re, of watching for four seasons worth of moral philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Learning <laughs> philosophy. Right. <laughs> so I think that's that's what I learned. <laughs> <tonight>.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's what I learned, too. Like my favorite superhero show on TV right now is, is maybe other than Legends of Tomorrow, would be mm-hmm. Titans. And and that's for oh. me because I feel like they're exploring all of the ways that being a superhero is terrible, but doing it in a way mm-hmm. that seems a bit more realistic about what it would do to your psyche, what it would do to your inability to have relationships with people. And through that description, there's a lot of sex. There's a lot of sex and there's not a lot of relationships. And it seems like the sex is having more to say about the characters. Other than that they're Mm. ridiculously hot. But they're all ridiculously hot, which makes it even <laughs> better to watch. So
0: I uh, I want to thank uh, Ayani and and Corinne. Thank you so much for being. This is yeah. a lot of fun. Ooh, thank
3: you for having <laughs> us. Thank you. Yeah,
0: we hope you, we hope you guys come back again. This is a, I mean yeah. conversation like this conversation could go on forever because you know oh, for sure literally I could just talk about um I could talk about sexy characters on TV every week, which is why I wanted to say so. Tell us about your show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Karen, do you want me to take it or do you want to go?
4: Uh, I'll go ahead and do it. So we, as we said, talk about the sex and romance stuff in pop culture. Uh, and also just as a note, you can find us at Sex Love Lit on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, but some upcoming stuff where we will think about how sex stuff works. We're actually going to have a romance author come on to talk about love triangles and especially second male leads mm-hmm. and how those work in like American media As compared to Korean dramas. So you know, that that's coming back. Uh and we're also going what's the next thing we're doing after that, Ayani? Oh yeah, we're gonna be doing
3: an episode about season two of The Great. Uh Hulu's the Great. Our first episode Ooh. ever was a chaotic mess on the first episode of The Great. Um, but it's such a fabulous show with a lot of sexy sprinkled on Russian history. Um <laughs> it's, it's a very, very loose kind of telling of the rise of Catherine the Great. Um Another show where there's a lot of gorgeous people, but it's also deeply hilarious um, and uses Mm -hmm. thoughts and ideas about sex to move the narrative forward. Like, for example... um, Catherine is pregnant at the start of season two uh, and the trailers have kind of been playing that up a lot um, so that's something we're really excited to do it drops on November 19th so this will probably be a December episode because uh, we do all of our editing and stuff like that by ourselves and we're tired grad students so sometimes these things take time
0: oh my god you know uh, tr- tr- tell me I I, I know <laughs> it's like so
5: much <laughs> so
0: much um, yeah we'll link you in the show notes because I'm um, Again, our listeners, their show is great. Listen, subscribe, rate five stars. Rate us five stars. Please. <laughs> uh, no, you, but you guys should definitely come back. Uh, we, I, I loved having you on. I hope, hope you guys will come back. Um, I well, hope you on you're, your show. Too. <laughs>
4: if you're open to be bullied into watching a K-drama, I always have recommendations. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bullying is not uh, bu- bullying is a is a very you know w- w- what we do often is um we'll do a lot of things where someone will just go so we're gonna do an episode on blah 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 so one of the we're doing Nancy Drew soon because I decided we're watching Nancy Drew <laughs> 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 better to ask for forgiveness and permission so yes absolutely I would watch a K drama
3: <laughs> extends her tentacles to another
1: podcast
0: <laughs> 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 anyway definitely thank you thank you for coming on um. We'll link to you in the show notes. And uh, Monica Marvelous, where can people find you?
1: Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter or on Instagram. On Instagram, it's uh, at Monica Marvelous. That's L-O-U-S. And on Twitter, that's at Monica Marvelous. But it's uh, L-O-U-X.
0: I have so many times tagged the wrong person, and I feel really bad about that. She just, should just give you the give you the ID because I because I'm not going to get better. Like clearly, I'm I'm too old to to like understand how you know. I like yes, I, I realize that I've been you know blogging and stuff on the internet for close to thirty years now, and I'm still bad at it. So you know, <laughs>
5: so I cannot
0: I cannot spell my friend's name. So I'm sorry, lady, who's not my. Monica, or who is Monica? But not our Monica. <laughs> uh, Wayne, where can people find you?
2: Uh, I have my my Instagram. I'm still doing my daily photo thing. It's uh, Tetrock twenty twelve. Got it right, right? Is that it, yeah, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay, is your t- <laughs> okay.
1: Thank, thank you. <laughs> okay, I have the worst. It's not yeah. actually. It's uh, Tetrock twenty
2: seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Thank you.
0: Oh wow, okay. Yeah. How do you not just
2: Yeah, I well cause I never have to tag myself. I just sign <laughs> on, post a picture and leave. I,
0: <laughs> Literally every show when we do these into the show thing, like when when Katya's on, she's like, I hate the internet. I'm like, stop it. You're <laughs> like what's wrong Like you guys are the worst co host ever. All of you. You're just like uh, <laughs> like I don't know. I, at, at least this time Wayne, you you weren't like, Oh, I hate I I don't I never post anything. I'm like,
2: no I, <laughs> I've, I've, I've done a, a daily photo for like a year and a half. So yeah,
0: yeah, you have that's and 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 they're fun to watch. You know, yeah. you actually you're like you you have regular content to Instagram. So <laughs> absolutely,
3: algorithm must love you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You can follow me Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places. Always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the shows all the same places, always at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpodcast.com where you can find out what we're talking about next week. Which um I'm not sure. I've lost track. We need yeah. to figure that out. You know, we got a <laughs> lot of shows. We're we're moving, we're moving towards the end of the year. We're gonna be doing like our recap shows. We got we've got our Christmas specials coming up. We've got uh Ooh. we've got the box office special coming up in January. We got a lot of stuff going on. So subscribe to our blog at Um, Find out what we're doing. We're also posted on Facebook and you can comment on this show or any other show. Let us know what you think. We always like to hear from you. If you enjoyed the show, we certainly hope you do. Then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor, leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, that helps us out by boosting the algorithm Making us more popular, making all of our friends like Corinne and Ayani more popular, mm-hmm. and it just makes me happy. Like again, I am a sad, lonely grad student who lives for your love. <laughs> <laughs> this, is like,
2: this is what I need in my life. <laughs> this and shows for thirteen year olds. So so, 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 come by and sprinkle some sexy on our show.
3: Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: I,
0: you, you, I didn't say I turned anybody away. Um, <laughs> uh, I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I once again like to thank Ayani and Current for joining us. I'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.